Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Side Hustles and Stuff Podcast. This is episode 47. My name is Yuri, and I'm joined by a guest today. Who is it? Hey, Yuri. Um, it's Keishi here. I oh, don't hey. know why I keep... <laughs> Why do I get getting? Why do I keep getting called a guest? <laughs> oh, you're not the guest. You're the co-host. I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to vary it up. Is what I'm trying to do. Last time it was, um, I'm joined by someone brand new. <laughs> cool. How are you doing today? I'm all right. I got my drink of the day with me. How about you? I'm good. My hands all blisters, both left and right. <laughs> Have you been working out? No. Like yesterday, we went to the to a park near. I guess pretty close to where I live, and um, they have rowboats there. Mm-hmm. So, so we tried getting on one, and um, essentially I was rowing for an hour. So. For an hour? That's a long time to be rowing. Yeah, it was funny though, because um, for like the first three minutes, I couldn't get out of the um, out of the starting point. <laughs> it was getting embarrassing for for a while. Is that where but, you um, row in circles? It's, it's not even in circles. It's like. You don't even know what to do with the paddles, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but whatever you do, it doesn't it doesn't move, the boat doesn't move where you want it to move. Okay. So um, yeah, it, it was a bit embarrassing in the beginning, but you but after a couple of minutes, yeah, I got the hang of it after a while. What well, one hour seems like a lot because it's like if you're rowing for an hour straight, it's like an hour long workout. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we had the boat rented for an hour, so. All right. Um, r- rowing for an hour straight is um, definitely an overstatement, but, but but for a good portion of it. Okay. Well, it sounds like a good way to spend a Saturday. I thought it was raining yesterday. No, m- morning was nice. And then it was raining around four, I think, for, for a bit. But then it was sunny again in the evening as well. Okay. Because it's pretty, been pretty cloudy in Tokyo, I think. Yeah, the weather's been now. weird. It's like sunny, then it rains, thunderstorm. And, and we had another earthquake yesterday, right? Was it yesterday? Oh, yeah. That was, um. what time was it? I think I woke up to it. Yeah, I think that was in the morning because, yeah, it, it was pretty long. I, I don't think it was too strong here in Tokyo. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was quite strong up in um, Tohoku. Mm, it was Ibaraki, still, right? 6.0 or 6.2 in oh, was it Ibaraki? I, I, thought it's, I thought it was in Miyagi, in Tohoku. Could be. I don't know. Um, I was like barely awake when it happened. So, <laughs> But when I was checking Twitter for the for those um earthquake notification accounts, it was one of those places up north. Yeah, magnitude 6.8 earthquake. 6.8. Northern Japan. Um, yeah, I, I think it was around the same area as the one 10 years ago. Okay. They it's keep like having them. Aftershocks. Over yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess next um, we should look at, at what we're drinking today as usual. Yeah, what do you got? So what I've got, I've got a, I send you a photo. It looks pretty cute. It's like a, it's called pickle squash peach, um, and I guess it's a, it's a peach soda with with some um, actual pieces of peach puree inside. I can't find these things with actual pieces of peach. <laughs> Which store did you go to? I think I just got this at the supermarket. Okay, the supermarket. I, I don't know. It's like every time I go to a store that sells drinks, I just keep scouting for for new drinks to introduce here on the podcast. Like that's my job. <laughs> yeah. I just can't find the stuff that has like the chunks of fruit inside. Yeah, those are far and few between. Let's see. Let's try it. I, I don't think I drank any of the actual piece of fruit, but um, the taste is good. It's not too sweet, and it's got a subtle peach taste. Um, and as I said, the, the package is kind of cute, I guess. It has a face like, with a tongue. Yeah, it's, it's a Japanese, um, it's a pretty popular Japanese character, this little girl. Um, mm. But yeah, what, what are you drinking? I got cool ume or ume cool yeah it's a basically japanese sour plum drink um is it carbonated no finally fine i could finally find something that's not carbonated for <laughs> it's uh yeah it's pretty sour actually i'd say it's still a pretty interesting drink probably give it like a eight like it's not sweet i guess 
yeah as the usual plum would be but it's still pretty unique i actually i was choosing between this one and another drink but like the other drink had like a really cool um packaging on it but it's like lemon soda and we've been having lemon soda <laughs> like countless times now so i'm like all right it's not worth it just for the lemon soda yeah is is, is this drink pretty refreshing it, it seems so based on the package ah <laughs> I don't know what refreshing means. Like, I would say the most refreshing drinks are the grape, uh, grape water, and uh, that grape one with the grape chunks, the one I talked about in the past with the can. Oh, yeah, yeah. This one, I don't know, the sourness kind of gets in the way of the refreshing. <laughs> you don't, you don't feel as refreshed as you feel like. Ugh. Yeah, because I, I think when you look at my package, then you can tell it's not refreshing, but yours is at least trying to be. <laughs> yeah, the lychee one, the, package. the lychee one that they sell in the summertime um, against heat strokes. That one's very oh, refreshing. The, the salty lychee. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. So yeah, that's what I got for today. Uh, actually, I'm also two weeks into no coffee, which I think is uh, pretty great. Well, I'm not sure. I, I can't tell the difference. I don't think it can be bad. It must be must be good. It's... Well, I mean, you mean in as in quitting coffee or as in yeah. I just I I can't tell of any differences just yet. Um, but I think I do fall asleep easier nowadays. Do you have any withdrawal symptoms? <laughs> I have been feeling kind of tired. Like maybe usually because I'm so hopped up on coffee that like it doesn't matter. Like the coffee's doing all the work, whereas in the background I'm actually tired. You know, because the, the, that's the thing with coffee. It's like it, it um replaces adenosine i think my memory serves me correct and adenosine is one of those brain chemicals that makes you feel tired i see i think so coffee um chemicals replace that yeah there we go the stimulant effect of coffee comes largely from the way it acts on the adenosine receptors in the neural membrane when adenosine binds to its receptors neural activity slows down and you fall asleep and you feel sleepy so like coffee replaces that to keep you awake so i think i've been feeling much more tired lately well Maybe it's it's time to go back to coffee, or or maybe it will go away after after a bit. Um, maybe it's time to go back to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's I guess that's I don't know. I'm pretty surprised I was able to do it because like I usually chug at least one um, bottle, not can, but bottle of coffee. But then again, you could also argue that these canned coffee and bottled coffee drinks that they have here aren't exactly real coffee because there's probably some chemicals inside to keep it like fresh. Yeah. Whereas uh, real coffee is like made from grinding up beans and whatnot. So I think the the um, ingredients and just the general makeup of the whole thing is different. But. Yeah. yeah so do, do you only do you only drink canned coffee usually, or or bottled yeah. preserved coffee? Either or. I think both are the same to me. Usually, I, I just drink it cold. I see. And I think the other issue is that I would kind of treat it as a um like a, just. If I'm working during the week, right, I have a bottle on my desk. I would have a bottle on my desk. And then I take like sips or gulps because people, when people drink hot coffee, they take sips. You know, they, yeah. take, they take a little bit at a time, whereas I would just gulp a lot, like two gulps down. <laughs> and then I don't think that's good, good for me. Yeah. So, maybe, so yeah. Maybe, you should, yeah. Maybe you should start enjoying coffee, I guess. I, I have a couple of friends that are really into coffee. And then um, my girlfriend also started using um actual grinded beans that she buys and, and making fresh coffee for herself okay every day um yeah i don't drink coffee at all so i don't know how come i, I don't know I, i never liked the taste i, I don't see the need but actually that's I, that's i'm a tea thing. guy That's the thing. I don't like the taste either, but I feel, uh, what's that word? Oh, a placebo is what it is. I, I feel like oh, yeah. the crappy taste of coffee, at least for me, works as a placebo in, in terms of making me more productive. I, I switched out coffee with um, carbonated water, which also tastes like crap, in my opinion. <laughs> but that way, I'm, at least I'm still drinking something crappy. But like, yeah, because it's not like, ooh, this is delicious. And instead, you're kind of getting like, you're feeling the stings of carbon 
carbonated water on your tongue like I, I don't know for some reason for me that felt like oh i'm like i'm now getting into productive mode because i'm not you know enjoying the taste of sweet coffee or something yeah but also could be very wrong on that <laughs> but yeah so i would agree with you that i'm not big on the taste all right so we covered our drinks of the day and uh Keishi, did you also notice that it's may yeah it's, it's already may it's crazy so you know what that means yeah we, we got to look back at our goals and that we set in april or or, or or that we set for april back in march and um and i guess we gotta we gotta face the truth <laughs> we gotta face the truth but but first before we do that there's also the weird products of the month uh for anyone that's listening in if you are doing Amazon affiliate marketing, meaning if you're using your blog or whatever medium video to promote products on Amazon or send your uh, audience to Amazon or you're rec- recommending products or whatever, if you use an affiliate link, you get a commission. And so we use, um, we're part of that program and we yeah earn commission on uh, the products in our niche on Amazon. And that being said, when you promote stuff on Amazon, if someone buys something else unrelated to what you promote, well, um, after they click through your link, you will still get credit for it. So we see all the stuff that people buy through our links, and we also see some funny and crazy products of what else people buy, aside from the stuff that we recommend. So uh, I was kind of hoping to turn this into a monthly thing where we uh, just pick the three random products or something like that, where we pick three crazy products that uh, ended up in our reports that we don't promote. Yeah, I, I think some every now and then, um, I, I guess generally the products tend to be based on the based around the niches and, and the things that you promote, but sometimes people order other things that are um, not necessarily crazy, but I think that are kind of um, interesting. interesting to see that people actually buy these things and, and worth mentioning just as, yeah. as, as, something, to, as, as something of um, interest, I guess. Um, do, do you want to start with yours? All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, How do I say this one? Someone bought Astroglide waterproof silicone personal lubricant. That's number one. Number two, uh, green tea memory foam mattress. This one's pretty interesting. Apparently green tea keeps the mattress fresh. It's probably the most expensive thing that someone bought according How to How much did it cost? 271 bucks. Oh, nice. So, so it must be, what, like seven or eight bucks commission, I guess? I think so. There's also a um, a metal bed frame. I guess the same person ordered, because if this is just a mattress, then they probably want a uh, bed frame as well. Yeah. But I didn't think a bed frame was as interesting as <laughs> a green tea-infused memory foam mattress. And number three, I have a frozen pizza. <laughs> of course, if you know, you can buy food. Fresh or frozen on Amazon. It says screaming Sicilian, mother of meat, sausage, pepperoni, ham, bacon. Oh, I'm, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah, I, I get the grocery orders every now and then too, and they're they're pretty exciting. Sometimes people order fresh fruits and fresh um, vegetables. Mm-hmm. Other times it's frozen stuff, but but yeah, it, it's amazing how far Amazon has gone from from just being a bookstore to to having everything, and including selling. green tea infused mattresses and, and and groceries. Yeah, so those are my um, three. Nothing particularly interesting. I don't know. A green tea mattress kind of sounds interesting. In the I was reading the product page and they they argue that the green tea helps you sleep better. I wonder. So maybe I would be interested in that, but I don't know. For all you know, you know, it could be made up of copywriting. Yeah, that wouldn't be surprising either. 
um, based on where Amazon's gone over the last decade or so. Yeah. Actually, looking at it now, there's a lot of one-star reviews. So, yeah. So, how about you? Yeah. So, for me, I guess um, I picked three as well. One is um, DJ Lights, 36 pairs. So, somebody bought a lot of DJ Lights. Oh, wow. How yeah, much was it? It was 170 for the 36, for eight lights, I guess. 36 okay. LEDs total. Um, and Maybe someone's trying to throw a party after Corona is over. Yeah, maybe. Or planning for one. Yeah, he, he can throw a good party with these lights, definitely. Um, yeah, and the other thing is Sorigami Airplane Portable Armrest Extender slash Divider. What is that? So it's it's interesting. It's like a, I guess it looks like a paper airplane, but I, I think it's um, actually not, yeah, I'm actually not sure what it's made out of, but it seems like it's like one of those um, fake letter coated plastic boards or something. And es- essentially it's like a, it's like a reverse or upside down T-shaped um, partition that you can attach to an airplane armrest or to a, I guess, theater seat armrest or whatever seat armrest. Um, mm-hmm. And essentially it splits it into two and kind of creates two armrests to either side of the vertical bar of the reverse T. Okay. And um, it, it's, meant, it's meant to solve the problem of fighting for armrests. Ah, that's a clever product. I think it's clever in theory. I'm not sure how it works in practice. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds clever in theory, it, but it sounds like something that airplanes, airlines, and movie theaters should should have already have built in instead of um, you having to buy some add-on product to stick onto your, uh, you know, onto your seat. Yeah, I don't know. I, I never had this problem though. Maybe I've been lucky with with my neighbors, or I just don't care. Okay. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's a real problem for some. It seems like a big enough problem because when I read it, when I read that, you know. It's um, the goal is to reduce fighting for that armrest. Yeah, it it sounded like something that you know I could imagine happening. I didn't realize that there'd be a whole product for it. Yeah, I I, I can potentially imagine happening it once planes start filling up after COVID because then people will not just space but also will potentially be um, I guess won't be happy if if their arms touch other people's arms or whatever. Yeah. So so yeah, maybe this product's about to explode. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Right. And and the third one is Segway Nine Bot Max Electric Kick Scooter. So um, I think have you seen those e-scooters that um, I think in the United States like Uber and so on rents them. I've tried them once in Washington. They they were pretty nice way to get around. I think they have some electric scooters here, but you have to have a license for it. Yeah, p- perhaps. And um, yeah, so so somebody bought one of those for for seven hundred dollars. Wow. How much commission is that back to you? Not sure. Probably like 20 bucks or something. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk goals. The goals that we set for April and the results and our upcoming goals for May. All right. Um, yeah. So, so let me start just by reviewing my goals from, from last month. And um, and I guess, as, as I said um, earlier, let, let's, face the tr- let's face the truth here. Um, okay. Why are we facing the truth? Um, I guess I didn't really finish any of the five goals that I set. So, so okay. the five goals that I had was continue consistently publishing nine articles per week across three sites, publish one article on my aviation blog, um, do internal linking for my two smaller sites, finish keyword research for my new site that I'm planning, and then figure out how to get main writer to also be more of a, I guess, content manager role or content planning role. Okay. Um, if I quickly go through those, then uh, I more or less consistently publish nine articles across the week other than um, skipping an article here or there on my two smaller sites. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not write an article for 
for my aviation blog. I started writing one yesterday, so so that's going to be one of the goals for next month uh, or for this month, um, since it's already May. I didn't get to the internal linking. Um, I did some keyword research and some briefs for for my um, plant site, but not as much as I thought or, or as I planned. Um, and then I set up a meeting to talk to my writer, um, I think next next week or, or next week, um, to, to see how he can help a bit more in depth in, in addition to just writing. Okay. So I guess we can say I, I made progress on that, but I didn't necessarily achieve that goal. Why do you think you fell short? I guess there's two things. Um, one is um, I, I had quite a bit of um, client work go- going on with, with the mm. clients that I'm already working with. Um, and I also had a couple of new projects um, kicking off with, with new clients that I haven't worked with before, that I've worked with before, but haven't been working with for a while. Um, so, so I had some new projects kicking off that, that took time. And then I guess um, to also face the truth, um, as you know, my site was hit by the Google algorithm um, update a while yeah. back. And I think it was still um, kind of um, a continuation of that where I, where I didn't feel as motivated working on the site as as the couple of months before it's like um where um I, I still published a lot of content but i didn't um i wasn't as motivated to the keyword research and to to grow the sizes as i should have been which which doesn't make sense because again i think um as long as i stay consistent and um th- then things will things will go just fine and um the site will recover and, and it will grow um and, and as i mentioned too there's already been a slight recovery over the last few days it seems okay so um yeah so, so um it, it shouldn't have been a reason but still it was uh, i guess a, you can call it the psychological reason in a way i mean yeah these things happen uh, the worst thing you could do i think is to like punish yourself for it or just like be like yeah that shouldn't have been a reason but it was a reason because it's like, I mean, that's a, in my opinion, that's a common human reaction. Something doesn't, you know, if you work hard on something and then, you know, in comes along a Google update, knocks your rankings down and puts you into like the fifth page instead of the first page. Yeah, you, you definitely take a hit on it. So I don't think these are like, you know, you know, you, you know what people say, like, oh, it's just an excuse. I know I shouldn't say that. But like, it, that's what it happens. I think it's a normal thing. Yeah, I, I think so. And and again, um, it's, it's like, OK, um, I didn't do as much work as I as I thought I would. But I, I, I still um, kept going to, to an extent and I, I guess to, to like 90 percent of what I was planning to do. So it's it's still all good. And um, and again, I, I think the other important thing is just if you stop, it's always hard to restart. I think mm. if you maintain at least some sort of pace, um, then it's just about ramping up the pace so um, yeah if, if something I, I guess if, if you think that you can um, that you're on the right path and then something knocks you off that path that's to an extent out of your control but you still think that that path is right then I think it's important to just keep going even if it's slowed down pace because of because of kind of the demotivation initial yeah. demotivation that comes that naturally comes with, with that sort of thing yeah I, like you said it naturally comes with this stuff so it's uh it would happen like it, it, it happened in the past it happened now it's going to happen again it's just like a natural way of this just how it works yeah it, it, it's funny though because every time i got hit i get hit by a google algorithm um, update and, and my traffic drops something new seems to pop out and again i think it's, it's a function of just working constantly on different things mm-hmm. and it's like not long after this I, I got i got started on a couple of new projects that, that i was mentioning and and both of those are with clients that uh, one is a client that i worked with almost a year i, I guess over a year ago and then yeah. a next project with the same client finally matter, materialized now and the other one is a client that I talked to 
over a year ago as well before corona hit um and and again they reached out to me and and we started working together last month so yeah so yeah you, you lose some you win some and then um as long as you keep going i think you'll be on, on a good trajectory yeah well, i don't have as as interesting of a story as you with my past month goals I, I hit them and it's boring to say that <laughs> the four articles for the main site and the two actually I have three for the newer site that I did that's done but you know like that this is it's done because it's it, I requested them at the start of the month then I give my writers plenty of time like so I got a few of the articles like a few days ago and I as you know like I messaged you on Facebook yeah like I was publishing one after the other so nothing particularly special there uh yeah. with with the t-shirt stuff i don't think i made a sale but it did come up with some new designs that i threw up um but that's a nice to have goal the new email lead magnet uh i did not work on that at all actually i i feel like i didn't do much this past month um because i assigned articles at the start of april or close to the start of april and then like with a deadline of towards the end of the month and so yeah. i felt like because i had it i had that in the bag because that was going to come eventually i didn't work on anything else really well I, I guess you'll have to set a bit more of a stretch goal for for next month i think that's what we were planning to do this month. yeah um so, so so what do you think like it sounds like you usually leave your writers i'm just wondering you leave your writers a lot of time to to get the articles done yeah do you think they're actually using that time or do you think they're just essentially waiting until the deadline you give them or it doesn't matter to me how they do it i only do it i only um i know one of them probably has other stuff but i think it's also important to have that mental capacity or mental space to know that something is due on say two weeks away or something that that lets you go about it with much less stress i think whereas if you got something with a tight deadline it's like either they're working for you full time and at that, at that point sure that's kind of accepting that that's acceptable um but I, I don't really care if they're not working on it or if they're working on it like the last few days it's just uh i like to give them plenty of time so that they you know we just do it without really just you know without much friction that's interesting why what do you think no i, I was just wondering because like typically I, I work with my writers on kind of a weekly cycle mm -hmm. where i send the articles then i expect them the week after and that's when i assign the next batch okay and i think think they um, appreciate the I guess the the rhythm and, and kind of the steady volume, but I guess, I guess it depends on the writer really whether they're doing it full time or whether it's side hustle for them or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, I, well, I also give um, really far off deadlines because again, I've been on both sides of this coin, like handing out deadlines and getting stuff with like a really short turnaround. And usually, the more time you get and the more someone considers your time, the better. Yeah, and, and just like it, I think it's just better overall for both parties. Um, one person has the time and the space and the mental capacity to do this work otherwise if you feel rushed then there's no rushed job that will ever be good and not even just good like the, the person themselves won't feel good about it yeah yeah i, th I think that's an interesting thought because I, I think the truth lies somewhere in between where like of course if you give like a really short deadline that's unreasonable then then the quality is going to suffer but i also feel like if the deadline is kind of too far out there Mm -hmm. And and the person has like ten different clients that they're writing for or whatever. Yeah, I feel like they won't care as much, and and uh, and it will just kind of slip off their mind until they wake up one day and are like, oh, I I promised I would send this to Yuri tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as they do it, that's the thing. Like, I, yeah. I don't really uh, worry about what else they're doing because I mean, I'm just like, well, I guess we have two different working styles because. Uh, you're much more uh you work much more often with your writers whereas i just tag them for whenever i need something for the sites like yeah yeah you're much more intensive whereas like i'll just get my 
four articles for my main site, two articles for the new site. Yeah, I think that's right. And and I think, I, I guess either way, as, as long as we're getting new content out there and, and taking steps forward, I guess, um, it, it just two different means to, to the same end, which, yeah. is, which is hopefully growth on the sites. Hopefully. How has your traffic been recently? On the big one, I am down, but it's like slowly going down. It's like three, down 3.3% or 3.9% week on week, but... That's nothing exactly drastic or dramatic, and I've been here before, so I don't really think too much about it. Do you think it just his novelty or something? Or? Uh, I don't know. Maybe um, had something to do with that algorithm update not too long ago. Oh yeah. Because yeah. if I do a uh, last ninety day, I start seeing a dip. Well, maybe it hadn't had nothing to do with it, but as of um, second week or third week of March, it started slipping down. It was like kind of going on, kind of going up and up and up slowly. Then on March 12th, there's like a slightly noticeable like drop, but not by a lot, really. It's like, and it just still keeps on going, going, going down, down, down. But it's very slow. So it's just like, a, I don't know. Yeah, maybe just his now here. Or, or maybe some, maybe slightly because of the update. But yeah, at, at, least nothing, at, at least nothing as drastic as, as um, I usually get with these updates for, for some reason. Yeah, because <laughs> if it was drastic, I'd be like, oh, damn. <laughs> maybe I would have your level of reactions. No, I was thinking about this. Like, um, like, like I, I guess I, I work with clients and I've got a few different sides. And so, like, if one of the sides goes to half, it, it's, I mean, it hurts, but it's no big deal in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I'm, I'm sure there's people that get a side to whatever, to like four or $5,000 and quit their job thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm now making full time income or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and then, like, third month into their, quote unquote independent life that <laughs> they're hit with an algorithm update like this and and suddenly um, make half the money they used to yeah and, and I, i'm sure that's pretty painful in, in that case yeah it's yeah i think you're you're quite you're better off because you have multiple sources and you have uh, clients to um rely on as well yeah exactly and, and I, yeah and, and and i was kind of thinking of like sure if i can build whatever a few sides and they make a good amount of money together then i can just focus on that but but then again i think like we we're talking about the um the ali abdal video i think a few weeks back and, and just in general it's I, I just came to realize that i enjoy a lot of the client work that i'm doing and just working on different things and it's, it's interesting you learn new things and you get to work with people yeah so, so I guess of, yeah, sorry go ahead yeah so, so, so i guess it's a nice mix like I, I i really enjoy um building sites as well and, and i think it's one of the I guess most comfortable ways to make a good amount of money, just because, mm-hmm. as, as you know, it's it's again. There, there's people saying it's passive, and and again, I don't think it's hundred percent passive, but it's also not exactly a job, right? It's like you build a site and then you can do nothing for a week, two weeks, a month, two months, and you'll still make the money. So yeah, so I think to an extent it. It is um, passive or at least asynchronous or whatever you want to call it. Um, but but yeah, I think relying on it as a sole source of income. Um, yeah, per- perhaps if you make like, let, let's say you want to make $10,000 a month and, and your side, sides only make $10,000 a month. I don't think that's the time to quit a job mm. <laughs> if you have a job and a site. Um, I'd say at least yeah. making at least twice the amount that you ideally would want to make, which is what will get you for one nasty Google update, essentially, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, I need $5,000 a month, so I'm making $10,000 now. So even if my traffic drops by half, I can still make $5,000. Yeah. But again, like once that update happens, you're in a really vulnerable position because the next update can, again, either go up or down. Also, I mean, when we're talking about, all right, I'm earning 5 k or 10 k is it after tax or before tax? After expenses, before expenses? Yeah, the, the tax part doesn't matter. And, and I guess the expenses don't really matter either. Like, I guess the point is... um. 
you're running your business, your your website business, and you can comfortably live off the money that it makes. Mm-hmm. Like don't stop at that point or, or don't quit your job at that point if, if you're employed. Because again, a Google update comes and you're losing half of your income, whether it's pre-tax income, post-tax income, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and, and again, if, if, you have, if you're making twice the amount that you're comfortable with, then, then you have the cushion of, Okay, Google can update and I can lose 50% of traffic and still still be fine. But even then you only have one shot essentially, right? Because the next update, if it goes wrong, it will it will wipe you out. So, so I think at least three or four times what you're comfortable with would be my minimum for if you want to take this thing full time or if you want to focus just on this thing. Yeah. And at the same time, don't just let it be your one and only. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one's, I guess that one's a bit more. Um, that one can be disputed and and I know there's people that focus on this and make a lot of money and um, and all's fine and I I guess in either case they're generally diversified in terms of having multiple sites yeah so um, yeah I I guess the the, the entire point is um, I wouldn't focus on just one site if it was making just the amount that I wanted to make like it, Mm -hmm. it would have to make at least twice the amount that I wanted to make too and seriously consider making it this whole focus but but then again it's for for me I, I guess in terms of personality and in terms of my interests i would i would never focus on just one side or okay. or just on the sides just because i enjoyed the other things as well okay well, i guess uh yeah you're in a good position uh google can come along and adjust their uh rankings and you should get out of it quite quite fine i think i don't think anyone's ever been taking that to zero unless they've been doing something really terrible yeah i yeah i think there's cases where like 90 percent of traffic gets wiped out which is essentially getting taken down to zero but but yeah i think i think 10 20 percent is pretty pretty common and again you get um negative 20 percent twice in a row that's that's quite a bit there's a fair chunk of traffic i think 50 percent is not unheard of you get you get 50 percent twice in a row you're you're down 75 percent essentially down to 25 percent of what what it was at, at the peak so it's yeah i think it's, it's quite a volatile business it is all right well just for um my new site, I sent you the graph of the past 90 days over Facebook. It looks, I don't know, it's, it's up 11% week on week. And so far, it's been growing quite well, if you want to take a look at it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think it's it's great. When, when did you start this? Just a few months ago, right? Uh, bought it in October, started publishing stuff in November. So December, January, February, March, April, May. So, so about five months. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. Well I, I, well, I have nothing to reference it to. Like, I don't know what it looks like you know like what the speed is what to expect by month five or whatnot you know what the traffic to expect so but this is what i the current results so far but yeah i, th- I think with these things it's just a matter of consistently keeping going and, and, and slowly growing the thing or or, or or growing the thing fast if you have the time and resources but yeah but but this is the nice this is the other nice thing i guess about this is like you can kind of go at it at whatever pace you prefer like mm. somebody prefers to do one a month somebody prefers to do 100 a month and and again, it's like t- take it at your own pace sort of business. It's, yeah. it's not like a laundromat or something where you just have to go there and open it and, and run it every day. What's the, um, here's a quick question. What's the minimum traffic for um, Ezoic or Mediavine? Uh, Mediavine is, I think, 50,000 sessions. They increased it recently. It used to be okay. 25. But Ezoic is 10,000. And sometimes they, t- 10,000 page views. So it's, so it's even less sessions okay. depending on, on what your um, pages per session are. But um I think sometimes they also accept people without under the threshold 
like they do, they do promotions with different bloggers. Okay, so ten thousand page views a month, right? Yeah. Let's see. Well, I still have a long way to go, but I think I can reach that. Yeah, I, I think it's a nice point though, because that's that's the point where you suddenly start making like two or three hundred bucks a month, depending on on what the um, what the revenue per hmm. per session is. But but it's a nice bump. Here's a question: What if uh, you have ten thousand page views? You apply, you get in, and then in comes along a Google update, and now you're down like it. it ha- your traffic your 5k page views do they kick you out of the program or what no they don't that, that's what happened with one of my sites it's um, it, it, it's not that it's not that it was affected by an update but um, i had this one article that really spiked out and i kind of used that as a chance to apply for the program and i got in and then the traffic of course went back down because that one article that went crazy um, kind mm. of normalized so, so now i'm not at, at 10,000 with that site but but I still get to make at least like 100 or 150 bucks a month. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Fair deal. I, that's my plan with the new website um, to slap some ads on it once it's uh, reached a certain level. Yeah. I think it's a it's an underrated monetization method. People have um, reservations against it, but I, I think it's good. All right. So, all right. So we just covered our goals, right? Yeah. I, I guess we covered the progress um, and looked backwards. And now I guess it's time to look forward. Yeah. For May 2020. All right. 21. I, I, I'll let you go first. All right. Um, all right. So the whole thing with May is that given that we started this podcast back in May of 2020, right? I think we won't, maybe it was unrelated, but we talked about doing one or two months of really crazy shoot for the moon type goals. Because if you, if you shoot for the moon and you miss, then at least maybe you land among the clouds or however that saying goes yeah or, or, or you just explode right about cape canaveral or something <laughs> that's terrible so um here's what i'm thinking you ready yep maybe i, I want to double my goals so from four to eight for the main site and two to four for the new site all right so we're up to like three a week yeah so four eight for the new site eight for main site um i i feel like i won't have like extra time to work on a nice tabs like an email lead magnet or a t-shirt sale so let i let the, i'll let the minor goals like sit in the background if i want to work on them i'll work on them if not not but okay. th- those are the two that i'm setting or maybe you can shoot for the moon and add the lead magnet as not a nice to have but as the core goal as well damn you oh. <laughs> all right is that thunder i'm hearing i don't know yeah there's been some thunders but there's also been an airplane la- <clears throat> airplane landing in the background every okay. now and then here so okay sorry i'll put email lead magnet but this has this requires some thought because um can't be like a crappy checklist or some stupid pdf all right do you have any any rough ideas of what you want to be looking at mm-hmm. like a, do what you, i'll do yeah i have a rough idea because right you know i told you i was taking an aweber course on um learning how to learn yeah i, I could apply that to languages i'm just trying to think of how to um like take what i learned and then stick it over there nice but uh, again this is one of these things where you actually on you have to be like you have to really think it through and make it really good for people to care about yeah so that's why i'm having like a hard time saying well i'll just make a crappy checklist top 10 things you should know when you're starting to learn a language it's like not exactly useful for anyone no nope. how about you all right so um yeah so first let's let's kind of close the the stuff that i opened the last time and didn't finish so um one i'll go back to publishing nine times per week which, which should be pretty easy it's just a matter of me um, getting back into the groove in terms of keyword research. Okay. 
um, two. Um, as I said, I've I've got a couple of new client projects that I started recently with new clients, so I've got to finish those successfully. Um, three, I promised one article for for my website for, again for my aviation blog, which mm-hmm. I didn't deliver on. So um, I'll do that. I started writing that yesterday, as I mentioned. Um, it's gonna be a hotel review and. Um, for I'll I'll continue moving along with the with the site that I plan to launch as soon as possible, pretty much. So I'll I'll finish the keyword research for that as I promised the last time and I'll I'll make some briefs to get the writers started. Yeah. And um, five, I also promised I'd do um, internal linking on my sites. So I'll do those. I'll do that on the two smaller sites, finally. Okay. Although then again, I, I feel like I'm over-promising here because um, I've got a, f- a fair amount of other stuff going on in May as well. But um, but yeah, I guess I can over-promise and under-deliver. Yeah, this is the month to do it. <laughs> if there's any <laughs> month in a year to over-promise and under-deliver, this is the month. And uh, yeah, and, and the last one I have is Core Web vitals optimization so optimizing my sites for speed um, as we were talking about before google's planning to or google was planning to roll out the new update focused on that on on kind of the user experience starting in may mm-hmm. but they actually delayed it to to june so i think may is a good time to to get everything into order that's that's still not in order do you think this is a heavy enough task list for you yeah, I th- I think um, I don't think it's impossible, but I also don't think it's um, it's like um, it, it's it's easy because again, b- besides all of this, I've I've got a bunch of different client work going on and so on, and, and I'm also not the type to work like fifty hours a week, sixty hours a week, or or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes. Um. So so yeah, I, I get I guess I guess that's the other thing. Like sometimes even if I could work a few more hours, I just prefer not to work. Yeah, that makes sense. I can't Cause, argue cause, on that point. Yeah, because because again, then then it comes back to like, are you like Gary Vee, where you're just, I guess, hustling for the sake of hustling, or are you kind of? I think Gary Vee is hustling for the sake of hustling. Yeah, because because again, like I I think I'm, generally I think I work I, I don't know probably somewhere between thirty and forty hours a week, sometimes a bit less, sometimes a bit more. Mm-hmm. But I'd say that's what it kind of tends to average to, and and I I guess I could work more and make more, but again, I think there's. Life's not all just about working more and, and making more. No, it's about getting enough sleep and eating well and hitting the gym and being healthy and being happy and doing things that you also want to do, yeah, whatever exactly. it is. Yeah, Like building a, a Lego rocket. <laughs> is that what you've been doing? Yes, I, I think, as I mentioned, I, I got, for my birthday, I got, um, I got the Lego space shuttle that they recently released um, for my parents and sister. So I spent the last few days building that. Nice. Should stick the picture in the show notes of this uh, podcast. Yeah, it's, it's in the background of my drink photo. Oh, that's all. Oh, you, you planned that carefully. You planned that picture carefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, how do I show both of these things off? Oh, let me let me just take a picture of the drink in front of you. <laughs> yeah, I think last time I put it, I put the box in the background. This time it's the actual um, completed thing. Yeah, it, it looks nice because I, I think now I have all four of the recently released ones. I think they've did a, they've done a space shuttle and, and a Mars rover and, and something else um, in the past, but those are I guess considered rare items now because I think they all go for like a, a thousand bucks or something. Mm-hmm. But um, you wouldn't want to own one of those. Yeah, I was considering buying some of those as kind of a, a nice bonus for myself when I either get a new client or I don't know. When when I just feel like rewarding myself, but um, so far I strayed away from those. And um, yeah, and, and instead I've just been buying all the new ones that come out. So I've, I've got the um, Saturn V rocket. I've got the International Space Station that came out. Um, I have the, what do you call it? The lunar landing module. Okay. Um, I think that one I got for my sister. Um, and, is and she also got- into aviation? Or she no, she got it for you. No, she she got it for me. As, as okay. A gift for uh, what was it? I think maybe last birthday or, or Christmas or something. Um and yeah, and I've got the space shuttle now. 
Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, it looks like a little space Lego museum here now. So. It's a shame that they, well, you know, they discontinued the uh, space shuttle because it, it was like a certain, like I know they're moving on to better technology and whatnot. Yeah. But at, at a certain point in time, it was the um, vehicle to get people into outer space. Yeah, yeah. I think the space shuttle is interesting because it it shape. I guess it's it is really only optimized for landing, right? It's like yeah, you, you can have all the wings and and um and rudder and whatever you want in space. It's it's not gonna help. So it was yeah. really optimized for that one landing and for returning to Earth. And, and I guess if you look at it from that point, then just having like the 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 Dragon capsule like SpaceX has now, yeah, it's probably just more efficient. That's true, but represent a certain era oh yeah def- definitely i, I mean it, it's, it's the thing that took the hubble telescope up there it's also contributed a lot to the international space station and, and so on so yeah did, did, did you watch the um rocket launch by the way which one was last there was one a few weeks ago that i watched because the, yeah, there was one on, midday there was one on april 23rd i don't think i saw that one which was it the spacex launch yeah it, it was the spacex um crude launch i think there was also a japanese on board and, and, and a european on board how did it go it went good i guess um they, they arrived safely at the international space station so i think it's a success um, i think it's always exciting to watch these uh launches like to some extent i guess for people it could be uneventful because it's just like you're sitting behind the screen you're watching like just people talking for the next hour or hour hour and a half while preparations are being done and things are getting checked out and then you see this thing fly off into space like it i think for some people it could be boring but like to me it's like it's very like this is one of these. This is our only way of getting people into space. This is probably the most interesting thing out there right now. Yeah, no, I, I think it's amazing. I think it's like you're you're sitting here, but at the same time, you know that somewhere on the other end of the planet, it's in Florida in this case, there, there's there's a bunch of guys sitting on top of a on top of a giant rocket on top of a giant bomb essentially yeah and and they're gonna get out of here and and go to the international space station i think it's about as, as cool as it gets there was a michael collins i think passed away very recently yeah he was uh one of the astronauts on the apollo missions yeah he, he was the one that didn't get to that didn't get to land on the moon yeah he was the one that took the picture of um like all of humanity whereas he was inside what was it he was inside um yeah, what was, was it inside, at that time i think he was inside the command module or whatever they called it the, the thing that was that didn't land on the moon yeah whereas buzz aldrin and neil armstrong were on the moon and he was like the only one so he took a picture of you know um them landing on the moon plus all of earth behind it so it was like the most i think it was called the loneliest or a picture of all of humanity and yeah yeah but but, but yeah i, I think in a, in a way I, I mean it's it's really cool that um neil and, and buzz and all the other um apollo astronauts got to land on the moon but i also think like um in a way i, I have even more respect to some extent for for mike collins and um and um and, and all of the other astronauts that actually went to the moon but didn't land while the other two people on board were walking on the moon yeah because like at that point you're the essentially you're floating in space alone and you're all on your own yeah like you really are solitary from the rest of humanity like like neil armstrong and buzz aldrin are hopping around the moon and having fun together but but you're just sitting in this metal tube on your own far from everything else yeah and i think i think that's what space didn't have in a long time though right it's like i think the first astronauts that went up with um in the mercury project and also like on the russian side of the program and and like um gagarin and and so on Mm -hmm. it's like the they were always going on on their own, going up on their own. Yeah, like, um, like Alan Shepard and um, and and John Glenn and, and some of those guys fr- from the very early era of spaceflight. Mm-hmm. 
like they were always on their own in, in, in a metal tube. And then it was always in teams, more or less, mm-hmm. right? With the space shuttle and with the, with the Apollo projects. So, so I think the, the lunar uh, or the command module um, commanders, I guess like, like um, Michael Collins, are one of the last people to, to have been in, this, in space on their own, kind of. Inside a mm. inside a inside a spacecraft on their own, yeah, which I think is, a, must be pretty cool too and, and scary. I, I, see, I see a news article, not a news article. Michael Collins, the loneliest man in history, dies at the age of ninety. Referred to, Collins was affectionately referred to as the loneliest man on the planet for being the command module pilot that flew a solo mission in space, while his better known colleagues Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong set foot on the moon for the first time in history. So yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you're out there on your own. It's crazy. I think maybe we'll have more of that with the hopefully Mars missions that if they ever come to fruition. Yeah, I, I wonder what sort of um, form they'll be done in and whether it will be just something similar to the moon landings where, where something keeps orbiting around Mars and, and just part of it lands or I don't, I don't know how they'll do it. But Yeah, that's on Elon Musk. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I think um, yeah, space is great. Space is great. There's a part of me that hates the fact that I took business in college and I should have went for science. <laughs> Although I think all of the astronauts that go to space all have a military background, like pilots. Yeah, I think mo- most of them are generally test pilots. Um, I- I'm not sure about now, but um, at least before they used to all be the Air Force and the uh, and the Navy test pilots. Yeah, and, and I, I I think nowadays as well. Space is like that next frontier that humanity has yet to traverse or conquer because right now we've probably been down every corner of planet earth except for maybe the mariana trench yeah or like some deep parts of the ocean but it, it does represent that um frontier that is just completely dangerous to us like kind of a lewis and clark back in the day uh when they when they were traveling through north america yeah except over there you have no air and radiation <laughs> and and not much help yeah no pressure nothing yeah but yeah so yeah, yeah ho- hopefully covid will, will be over soon and we can at least uh, travel <laughs> around the earth if, if not uh, elsewhere if you ever want to buy like a ticket or something if you need extra cash we could f- find a way to sort it out and uh, get one of those uh, commercial trips, commercial flights, if those actually become real. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly hope to have a chance to go to space while I'm al- alive. Um, and hopefully by then, I, I guess we have to make our side hustles and, and hustles work. That's one. And um, and on the on the science side, I guess the rocket companies have to make this a, a bit more affordable and yeah. and a bit more common. But I'd love to go, even if it's just to yeah, even if it's just to the to the edge of it. Yeah. I still think it's like like some of those photos of um, of the Earth, even from like relatively low altitude. That's still considered space. I think are amazing. That's a good goal to have. That's a reason to have a side goal to go to to have a side hustle to finance your way into space. Yeah, it's, it, that, that, that's the long game. <laughs> and probably why we take on these uh, side hustles anyway. It's to, to finance to support something much bigger. You know. So if anyone listening, if you if you have some something much bigger that you'd like to achieve, well, maybe a side hustle can provide you. Of course, side hustle in itself takes work, but in the grand grand scheme of things, it could be the thing that helps you achieve a much bigger goal. Yeah, yeah, I, f- I think that's interesting because I, I wonder. Like, um, I think in, in your case, I think you kind of enjoy um, building the sites and, and so on. Um, I, I definitely enjoy building the sites and, and just business in general and 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 trying to build things. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I guess for many people, even if they don't necessarily enjoy that to to full degree they can still um still find some motivation in more external factors and, 
and just the just the fact that um it, it's a good way to to both finance something but also potentially allow for a more more um, relaxed lifestyle than... or something you can use to go to space with if possible yeah or, or antarctica that's on my list and i think that, that one's um i think that one's not why Antarctica? Um, I, I think it looks really great, and and again, I think it's one of the last places on Earth where where the civilization hasn't really gotten it. it it's it's almost like a piece of space on Earth, right? It's like mm. I, other than some um, research stations, there's no one there. There's no there's no civilization or there's no um, human presence. So yeah, well, right. Antarctica sounds like a good plan, though. Yeah, that Antarctica is not too hard. There there's a lot of cruises. Well, <laughs> not not now, but uh, yeah, I, I'd love to go one way on a, on a ship and one way on a plane. Yeah, but they're definitely on the list. You made it happen before with NASA. I think you can make it happen again somehow. Yeah, I, I think Antarctica is just a matter of timing and money. So it's it's not too difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and not and not like space money so <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 a probably comparably a lot cheaper exactly. i also wanted to ask have you been doing anything else recently these uh this past month like reading books or working on nice to have goals um i i started like some of the books that i bought recently i stopped reading um but i started rereading a book called the promise of pencil it's about what a is? guy that um I think he used to work at Bain Consulting or something, but then he started an MPO called the the um, Pencils of Promise. Okay, and I, I think Gary might actually be their board member or something. But um, they build schools in Africa and around the world, I guess nowadays. And it's it just the guy's story of how he started it. And um, yeah, it, it's a really good book. And um, I, I think it's nice to to read also about what drives people other than money. Like this guy essentially quit a really nice corporate career to go start a, a nonprofit for for helping kids in. Um, Africa initially, or or wherever he was. Um, yeah, and and it's a good story. You can always find some good learnings in in all these books. So, so I started rereading that. Um, other than that, um, not so much. I, I don't think so. I I've been really enjoying watching them. Um, do you know? I'm sure you know this, but there's like 15 to 20 minute documentaries on YouTube that are kind of like I don't know what's the shortest border on on the planet, or like th- that answer kind of some of these questions. And mm-hmm. I guess it's like half documentary, half trivia kind of thing. And um, okay. I, I've been watching a lot of those recently. Is there kind of easy to consume even when you're tired but you still kind of get to learn something or at, at least wow. um at, at least see something interesting and yeah I, yeah I, I was watching a series about the um about countries borders around the earth and, and there's some quite interesting peculiarities in, in different places so so um that was like what um like, I, I guess one one is like um spain still has like um, a bunch of different little parts within north africa um, mm-hmm. they're probably disputed in morocco or something but um th- there's this one place that, that used to be a really small island um I, I forgot the name but it's essentially like a fortress or something on, on a piece of rock and it used to be its own island off the coast of morocco mm-hmm. but then like a then a storm or something came and there was this strip of sand form formed so it became part of the mainland of of africa so now there's like a 70 or 80 meters border between spain and morocco which is like it's like a block worth of of border. Yeah. And um yeah, so, so I thought that's interesting. Um then there's there's this island um that keeps switching between um let me see. Oh yeah. There's this island called the Pheasant Island. Mm-hmm. And um it keeps switching between being a French territory and a Spanish territory every half a year. Okay. So I thought that's interesting. So are, are there any disputes about these territories? No, uh so so I think that the Spanish one in <coughs> in the north of Africa is um <coughs> 
probably being disputed by Spain, uh, by, by Morocco. And again, Spain has like at least a few different um, kind of small pieces of land across the north and Af- the north of Africa. And like this one rock that I was talking about, they could give it to, to, to Morocco. But then if, if they give one, then it opens the then it opens the question of oh you should also give us this you should also give us this so they just keep um keep um staffing the island with with a bunch of soldiers i guess to to keep it claimed on their side Mm -hmm. but this this pheasant island thing it sounds like it was something where they decided that the border between between um spain and france is in the middle of this river and there just happened to be an island in the middle of the river so they just decided that all right every half a year we're gonna be switching the the control of the island between spain and france so every half year they do a ceremony where they hand over the control but again the the island's like a small uninhabited um what is the size let's see the island is approximately 200 meters long and 40 meters wide and is eroding so 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 again it's one of those weird geopolitical things where in itself it's it's more or less a worthless piece of land Mm -hmm. but in terms of geopolitics it's it's, it's, i guess a a tool that, that they keep using yeah like on um on wikipedia it says the island can sometimes be reached from the spanish side at, at low tide it is uninhabited and access is forbidden except very occasionally on heritage open days other than that employees of the municipal government of irun and hende which i guess is the the french and spanish um, cities that, that it belongs to on, on the respective half-year periods may access the island once every six months for cleaning and gardening and mm-hmm. members of the naval commands of san sebastian and Bayonne, spain and france responsible for monitoring the island will land on it every five days so it's like it, it's really more of a ceremonial thing than <laughs> yeah than, than anything else but i i found it really interesting that there's all these like little weird things going on in in, in the world yeah how about you have you been reading anything recently have i oh i feel like april has been a really lazy month for me for some reason maybe because i was expecting may to be terrible in terms of um, coming up with like really big goals for our sites. <laughs> I did finish one book, which is a hard book, A Survival Guide to the Misinformation Age. So so what is it about? Is it similar to The Fallacy Detective in terms of like the type of content or it's, it's yeah, it's quite similar. It's um the problem is like, you know, the the goal of the book is um as it says on the back, this book inoculates readers against the misinformation epidemic by cultivating scientific habits of mind from dissolving our fear of numbers and demystifying graphs to elucidating the key concepts of probability and the use of precise language. The author wages a provocative battle against sloppy thinking while making science both accessible and entertaining. So that's the goal of the book, but it's a hard read, I think, for a layman at least. Yeah. I, I didn't think that the author, maybe just science in general and like, Careful thinking in general is hard, but yeah. I think this took me like a, a month or a few months to get through. Like, for example, there's a, you know, a chapter on how to read graphs. Yeah. There's a chapter on the use of precise language. Um, there's a chapter on probability of things or expecting the improbable. For example, if an accident happens in front of you and you'd be like, oh, this is the second time I've seen this accident happen. Is, is, you know, is the world going to crap? Whereas, you know, you have to start calculating um the actual probability of this thing happening twice yeah and i guess one of the things is that you know improbable things or rare things happen all the time yeah just uh, not to the scale that you expect there's i mean overall i think it's a very good book but it's what is it i think it could have been done better i hate to say it because the guy is a columbia professor and he's uh the, the tone is very snarky which i understand I, you know I, I also feel a similar uh, snark that i attempt to suppress even though it still comes out the other thing is like maybe i'm just not smart enough for this book like you, this is the type of book 
where you have to turn off all noises, put away all distractions, and like maybe even get a pen and paper for it to like go through the um examples that he gives to run the numbers through. Yeah. And just if you can't do that, then it's like this is not a book that you skim read through. This is not a novel that you can just like loosely run through yeah maybe that's what made it so hard just like it really requires all of your concentration and it's very hard yeah. to devote like 100 percent of your brain power at like 8 p.m <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think the content sounds interesting and, and i guess there's also yeah it's like there's some books that are kind of fun to read and others that are kind of hard to get through but i guess sometimes the hard to get through books have have bigger impact or or are or have better learnings than than some of the easy to get through books because because you really yeah. have to be careful and you really have to kind of try to understand the information rather than just kind of gliding through it yeah i think if you're gliding well, you know i i have to take a lot of what i said <laughs> just now back um i think science should be made accessible but because it requires careful thinking and very you know you have to pay attention to details of course that's not all that all that science is but i'm just saying like in regards to this book um it, it requires your full attention is what i'm saying yeah it, you know you can't you can't glide through like you would through a self-help book you know you <laughs> I remember, you know, doing my physics textbooks and I know like, let's say there's a uh, problem that you have to solve. Yeah. And so you, you, as you read through the paragraph that explains the problem, if you miss just one little element that could help you solve the problem, the whole thing is going to, is going to be a giant question mark. Like yeah. if you miss a certain number, if you miss a certain direction or blah, blah, blah. So you have to be paying attention very carefully word for word. And I think it just, uh, maybe I'm not used to reading books as heavy as this. So yeah. I think I'll, I'll just, uh, Later, I'm not as as smart. I'm not smart enough to get through this book. I'd have to go through it again. Yeah. So I finished that. Uh, well, actually, that that explains why a lot of people are lazy thinkers. <laughs> if, uh, if this book troubles me, I finished that, and I'm doing. I'm still going through a course on Udemy on how to learn. I've been going through yesterday. I think I'm like 65 lessons in already at this point. Nice. It's a. It's actually pretty interesting. And the reason why I decided to take my words back on like what I just said about the book was in learning, like if you are feeling um, the struggle and then you're probably, <laughs> that's where the learning happens. The learning happens in the struggle. Yeah. Exactly. If, it, if it feels easy to you, if you're just gliding through, then you're not learning crap. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I was like, you know, thinking back to it now, I'm like, you know, it's it's not the book's fault it's my fault it's not the author's <laughs> fault it's my fault yeah so i'm taking that course and it's a uh, pretty interesting I, I just got done through a chapter it goes through like the science of learning and how we work yeah and that was pretty fun to learn about like there's focus and diffuse mode is like focusing when you're just focusing really hard on one problem and devoting all your mental attention to it and then diffuse is like when you're going for a walk or you're sleeping or you're or just like you're in your downtime yeah you have to switch between both of these modes for learning then it also goes into sleep you know sleep is also part of the fuse goes into brain training and like uh, repetition is where um your brains or your neuron your, again repetition is where your brain and your neurons get stronger so like yeah. um then it's also feedback feedback is super important to learning and getting better which is why you know when we talk about can someone learn something through an online course you don't get feedback when you're working when you're doing these things by yourself that's the thing yeah and that's i think that's the hardest part of like learning by yourself um there's procrastination. They talk about how procrastination is uh, more so managing of emotions. It's like yeah. rather than like just um, not being able to manage your time or anything, it's just like you're trying to avoid that negative feeling of feeling bad when you're learning. Yeah. There's a long-term and short-term memory. And the goal is, of course, to take things from your short-term into your long-term memory. And you do that through repetition. There's also working memory where you can hold about like four 
I think bits of information. I think it's yeah. it's either four or seven somewhere somewhere like I hear that seven is the ideal number that you can retain because like all all phone numbers in the United States minus the area code are seven numbers. Yeah, there's active versus passive learning. Of course, we all know passive learning is BS. Um, <clears throat> you don't want passive learning. If anything, you want diffuse mode. Yeah, there's a uh, motivation. Uh, there's obviously you want the intrinsic motivation. It's, it talks about goals. Goals is um I already know the stuff like chunking is also an interesting one. Chunking is when you're a chunk is like a piece of information that you learn and your goal is to always connect what you learned yeah. to other chunks. So for example, if I learn uh, like a grammar particle in Japanese, right? Yeah. Then I should connect it to a, something else that I've learned before. Maybe it was another word that can be made into a sentence with that particle. So you always want to connect it to other stuff that you know. And so chunk is like chunking is how you learn things it's like from the top down but anytime yeah. you learn anything you should also have you should approach it in two ways the top down approach meaning where you see everything that you need to learn and the bottom up bottom up is where you do the, the chunking and the top yeah. down is you see where you are right now in relation to all other things like you learn these particles but now you have to learn these verbs and blah 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 so you yeah. should always have like both uh overall picture of what you need to do long and uh short term or like a, not a short term and just a little you have to work on the little things as well. Yeah. So there's also, it talks about habits as an energy saver. Um, the moment things become a habit, it means that your mind no longer has to think about them, which means it's easier for you to do them. Like there's that good, good old example of putting your running shoes or your workout clothing by your bed so you don't have to think about where to find it. Yeah. It talks about deliberate practice where deliberate practice is where you actively work on things you come up with a specific practice in something that you're not good at something that makes you feel uncomfortable i, re I remember reading about deliberate practice back in um the book mastery by robert green yeah so these are just some of the things there's like also spaced repetition is a big one um recently i've been using this app called anki a lot for spaced repetition yeah uh, so yeah there's a whole other section before this that I taken like maybe a month ago, but this is a section that I finished about yesterday. Cool. Yeah, maybe we should do a an ep do a full episode on on learning how to learn one day. It's it's very fascinating because like you know like all of these things just like really underline how the way I studied back in school just does not work. You know, like <laughs> my I would reread stuff, I would rewrite stuff. Yeah. Highlight. I actually never did much highlighting, but you know, I know people highlight a lot. Um, also, there's the good old study the day before the, the test. Um, but if you kind of learn how your brain works, it's like you forget 50% of what you learned in an hour. If you get 75, you forget 75% of what you learned in a day and you forget probably 90% of what you learned in a week. So knowing how fast that you, knowing that you're going to lose all this stuff, it makes no sense. Well, it makes a lot of sense to do repetition, you know? Yeah. And every time you do a repetition, it's it's like you forget less, you forget less and you forget less. And that's how you move things from your short term into your long term memory. Yeah. And yeah. So like studying for tests, like that's why none of us remember anything that we studied for. It's because we have we've, we've all had really bad study habits. I kind of wish this was taught in like I wish this gets taught in middle school because I think at middle school is that is when we start to get a little bit smarter and more aware of ourselves. Yeah. Like in, Elementary school, we're just trying, you know, I don't know. I feel like people should be taught this in middle school. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, let, let's do an episode on this one day. Definitely. This is a, yeah, this is a very fun course that I'm taking. But like, it, it makes me sad, the whole part about feedback. Because like, there's all these things that we all want to get better at. But if we're at it by ourselves, um, there's no one tell us, there's no one to tell us what we're doing wrong. Yeah. Or correcting us. Because like, what you want is negative feedback. Like, Positive feedback is important for a person just starting out to get them rolling. But once you're trying to get better, like you need negative feedback more often. Like this yeah. is wrong, fix this and fix that. So yeah, it's a very fascinating topic.
cool. No. All right. Sounds good. This has been the 47th episode of the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast, where today we just talked about the goals that we set for April and whether we hit them or not. And we set some bigger goals for May. Simply put, uh, if you aim for the moon, if you miss, maybe you'll land them on the clouds or maybe you'll blow up. Who knows? Yeah. And I, th- I think we said we'll go to space one day. So let's yeah, let's, let's put that out there. <laughs> let's put that out. Make it a goal. Go to space. We don't know how we'll do it, but maybe we'll do it. Sounds good. We have to. Yeah. All right. If you want to check out the show notes for this podcast, go to sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash E47 and get a recap of everything that we talked about today. And if you do want to start your own side hustle so you can uh, use it to achieve your bigger dreams and your longer term goals, a side hustle is just a means to an end for something bigger, then check out Bluehost in the show notes. It's a place where you can buy your own website, your own .com and put your project out into the world. So check out the show notes at sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash E47. This has been the Side Hustles and Stuff Podcast with Keishi and Yuri. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Ready? Yep. Well, you suddenly got a lot louder. Maybe I got closer to the mic. How about now? That's fine. That's really good. I I can't, I don't think there's... Uh, What's that word? Damn, what is that word? Damn, what is that word, dude? It's at the tip of my tongue. Damn, this is going to be a stupid blooper, and I didn't want this blooper to happen because I can't remember <laughs> a simple English word. <coughs> Whoops. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. All right. Again. And mm. again, you, you get, you get, again.